great Odin's raven. It's another coordinated strike. Well, the waiting is the hardest part. Welcome back to Coordinated Strike. As always, I'm your host, Joe. Check me out on the social. Check me out on the Discord uh, that we have for The Other Side. And definitely check out on the Facebook, The Other Side uh, forum group on Facebook. Okay, so we're still waiting. Uh, I know if you're anything like me, uh, and I'm a very patient man, I am not happy that it's taken this long, and I'm not happy that the communication has been subpar. Uh, there's there's no other way around it. The communication has been subpar, even for Kickstarter. Um, Kickstarters take a very long time. I'm very cognizant of that. I've been involved in several Kickstarters. Uh, you know, so that's kind of par for the course. I'd like the communication to be a little bit better. Um, but, and I'm used to waiting for my stuff. And in fact, I was part of a drop zone Kickstarter, and they lost my order. Uh, I had paid for it. They could see the receipts, all that. Uh, it took an extra six months for me to get my product over uh, the time that that had been actually distributed out. So that was fun. So here we are with the other side Kickstarter. We're still waiting on it. But in a moment of uh, clarity, uh, something that probably should have happened six months ago, if we're being super honest, uh, they finally released the rules to us backers in the form of the PDF. So that is very exciting, and so we're going to go ahead and take our positivity, uh, build it on up. Uh, I know people want to have hype. People have want to have all those things. I want to have models, and then we can have hype, and then we can have battle reports and all that type of thing. I would be recording now uh, with product if I had it, uh, but I don't. And so if I can't record and I can't do battle reports and I can't do those type of things, Without the physical product in my hand, you know it, it's hard to go ahead and start building uh, the community out for it, and it's it's frankly hard to continue to produce content. But we are back. I am very excited to be back. Uh, I'm excited that we finally have the rules and we can talk about them uh, like adults instead of having to go back channel in around, you know, make induendo as to what the rules say, all of that. This is what I remember, da-da-da-da-da. Instead, we all have it in nice PDF. Uh, we have it in multiple languages. So, great, awesome. Let's hope in the next couple of weeks we do start seeing uh, some packages arrive at our door with all of our toys and we can start playing. And then people can start really creating some content for this game. Uh, and myself included with some video battle reports, some painting tutorials, all the kind of stuff that we want to see so that we can help start grow the game. And start talk about it, talking about it in real, uh, tangible detail. So one of the things I do want to talk about uh, this episode, before we get into some of those rules, uh, before we get into some of those things, I just had to get that off my chest. I know a lot of you are in the, are in the same boat I am, so I definitely feel you, and I'm, I'm definitely right there with you in terms of this is taking for freaking ever, and it shouldn't. Uh, that's that's just the case and the reality, but it is. So, you know, they have to they have to figure that out uh, moving forward. And that's that's something the industry as a whole also has to figure out as we continue to see the utilization of uh, overseas manufacture and 
you know, long distance shipping and that and those type of things. That's that's a business reality is that there's only so many of those places stamping it. There's more and more game companies that are entering the market that are actually being able to be successful uh, and having successful Kickstarters. And then we're having these long laid times of production because there's not that many places doing it. So, I mean, I think there's some market opportunity there for the uh, for the industrious among us in that term. But that's that's discussion for another podcast. So, on today's show, I want to talk a bit about the rules. I want to talk a bit about where uh, we are all with them. And I want to talk about some of the ways to kind of help get through this period of waiting. Some of the things you can do to help re-energize your hype and all those type of things because it's difficult right now. And part of that difficulty is that we're very excited for the product. We've been excited for the product for a long time. We continue to look for it to come you know we're sand there in the pumpkin patch like linus and you know so far we have finally gotten the rules uh and that's that's what we have so let's go ahead think about what we have and and kind of move forward from that point and from that start so one of the things that you see in the rules themselves is there's not a ton of pages. There's a lot of pictures. The rules themselves are fairly concise. And we've talked about this on this show before, and I want to go over it again. The other side is a lot of very simple, intricate systems that work very well together and have a lot of opportunity on the table. There is a lot to this game in terms of what you can do, but those situations explore themselves more on the table than they do in the initial readings of the rule set. So the thing that I want to talk about first is probably the most complex piece of the game and the part that's going to trip up new players the most uh, because it is a a newer concept in wargaming as a whole. So I want to talk about the distinctions between unit, fire team, and model. Because they all mean something a little different in the other side. In the other side, a unit essentially refers to a stat card. Every single stat card, every single unit card is a unit. They are their own uh, unique thing. And they will describe exactly what they have in terms of number of fire teams and number of models on those fire teams. Every unit card is a is a unit. And units are always made up of one or more fire teams. And fire teams are made up of one or more models. So to kind of run down uh, the Abyssinian box set, the first unit you're going to see in it is Prince Unathi. He's your commander. He is a unit. He is one fire team of one model. The next unit you're going to see is the Crow Runners. The Crow Runners are a unit consisting of three fire teams of three models apiece. So when you activate that unit, you activate every fire team on that unit card. 
those fire teams are really the core and soul of the game. Everything, all actions generate from a fire team, and all damage goes to a fire team. You don't spill over damage from one fire team to the next. Models are not units, but every unit will have one or more models. Every fire team will have one or more models. So to go back to the squad example, we have three fire teams in our, in our Crow Runners. Those consist of three models. So each of those fire teams, each of those big bases that slot in the models, those fire team, those fire team bases, that the fire team base is the base is the I'm sorry is the base element of the game. So if I give the crow runners an order, each of those fire teams are going to execute that particular order. So in the in the base order, the move order, they are going in the advance order, they're going to be able to either take an action, then all of those fire teams can move if they choose up to their speed, as long as they maintain cohesion at the end, and then they, not taking actions prior to and have remaining actions, can then execute their actions post-movement. Then, once all of those fire teams in that unit have concluded that unit's activation is done, and the turn would pass to the opponent unless you're doing a coordinated strike, which would be legal to do if you had not done one previously. So the main thing to understand is that every unit will have its own individual stat card. Those, that stat card will dictate how many fire teams are in each of those units, and how many and we'll show how many models are on each fire team once you really get that the whole of the game starts to unfold before you so i just want to make sure people are very clear about that and how that particular bit works because uh, i think that's the area where we're going to have the most questions so i then want to get into a little bit of a discussion about tokens there are five tokens in the game. There are tactics tokens, which are the supreme currency of the game. They are generated based on the number of commanders you begin the game with, uh, the fact that you are playing a game of the other side, and they will be generated by your commanders and other units with uh, tactical, uh, tactical points on their activation. So they are very critical to kind of understand uh, the whole. And so let's go over what you can use tactics tokens on. You can spend tactics tokens to purchase cards for the turn. So unlike uh, other weird games like Malifaux, if you're familiar, and if you're not, Malifaux uses cards instead of dice as their randomization point. Uh, in the other side... We also use cards as our primary randomization uh, for, for the execution of, uh, of duels. So you get a control hand 
But in the other side, you have to buy the cards that go into your control hand. And the way that that works is at the beginning of the turn, you will be able to spend a number of tactics tokens equal to the number of cards that you uh, wish to draw. Your maximum hand size is always six, but if you wanted to, you could spend more than six tokens on the draw step you would have to discard after you drew them all in. So, not saying it's good strategy to do that, and we'll go over why in a moment, but it is something you are capable of doing. But tactics tokens are also used to purchase stratagems. And stratagems are very powerful, uh, single, specifically single-use abilities within the game. Um, at the beginning of a unit's activation, prior to your selection of a unit, when you have the opportunity to activate a unit, you can start by playing one of the stratagem cards that you purchased. And these do a variety of things that kind of augment your army. And in many ways, uh, I equate them <laughs> power-wise to, if you're familiar with War Machine and Hordes, they're almost feet-level abilities, not quite. Not quite as game-breaking uh, as the as the feats are because you can do uh, some of them a few times a game. You do have to purchase them again and again. Uh, but other ones are, are one-time uses. And so they provide a tremendous amount of power in a small package depending on the price. But they can do things from bringing units back um, to putting tokens on all of your opponent's models or putting tokens on, or I'm sorry, all of your opponent's units or putting tokens on all of your units. So a lot of power, a lot of ability in a small purchasable package. And they're also part of the game's catch-up mechanics. So if you are losing the game, you can purchase stratagems at a, a one a cost reduction of one. So every stratagem has its base cost. You'd be able to purchase it for one less than its base cost if you are currently losing the game in terms of you have less victory points than your opponent does uh, at the start of a given turn, which would be when you would purchase stratagems. Additionally, you can use tactics tokens to flip an additional card. So the way that it works in the other side is the initiator of a duel flips their card. Then the defender in the duel, if there is one, flips their card. At this point, the initiator of the duel has the option to modify first. So modification is several things. The first thing it is is you have the option to spend any inspired token that may be on your unit. You can spend up to one of those tokens on the unit that is taking the action. Um, that gives you a plus two to the acting value. Then you can spend a shaken token that is on your opponent, if you choose. Additionally, you can spend a tactics token to flip an additional card. Now, anytime you flip a card, not just in duels, because there are penetration flips that this would apply to as well, which is when you're doing damage, 
But when you have the op the ability to flip a card, you can spend a tactics token unless it states otherwise to flip an additional token or to flip an additional card and then choose between the two. So let me give you let me explain how the plus or the, the additional flip works. In the other side, regardless of the value of the card that is flipped through the tactics token, you can select either of the cards that were flipped. So if you have a black joker, which is typically zero and is typically non-cheatable, it is still totally legal for you to spend a tactics token, if you have one, to flip an additional card, and then you can discard the black joker as if nothing had happened and then cheat as normal. So once this, the tactics token can be used to flip that additional card. Tactics tokens are also used in the operations to allow you to score. Um, they are needed to flip objectives, to drop an objective marker, or create an objective marker. Uh, they can be utilized to remove objective markers, depending on the operation itself. And the operation will tell you exactly how the tactics tokens are used for that. And then, of course, they have the namesake ability of this show, Coordinated Strike. And with that, you can spend them if you are going from a non-commander unit to a non-commander unit to have that unit immediately activate after the current unit has concluded. And so they can coordinate and strike. Um, an exceedingly powerful ability, a great tactical option, and I'll say it myself, a, a very good The Other Side podcast. So as you can see, the, the core resource of the tactics token really has a lot that it's doing and a lot that it's being asked of in the game. And it's arguably your most valuable and most uh, important resource for you to manage throughout the game because it's your hand, it's how you score, it's how you utilize units in tandem outside of your commanders, it's how you can uh, gain the abilities or gain the stratagems that you need to help overcome your opponent. Uh, and it's how you overcome uh, bad luck and, and poor flipping uh, in the game. Uh, it is your true link to all of the control elements within the game, and there are never enough tactics tokens. Very rarely have I been in a situation where I've been happy with the, the number of tactics tokens I've had in a given turn. I can always, almost always use more. Uh, simply because they give you so much flexibility. And you only get so many. I mean, in a two-commander game, you're getting two for playing a game and two for each commander uh, that you begin the game with. So for those counting at home, uh, that's two plus two for one commander plus two for your second commander. That's six tokens a turn, uh, every turn, at the start of the turn, for playing a game of the other side uh, with two commanders in a one-commander game you're talking about two for playing the game and two for the one commander that you brought to the game. So for a total of four. 
Uh, that feels bad, man. That's that's reduced resources on the whole, and it really means you have to be efficient and decisive in your utilization of them because you're always going to need some tactics tokens to effectively interact with objectives during your particular game uh, and based on the operation that you're playing. You're going to need them to be able to kind of bully units with a potential coordinated strike. You're going to need to have some cards. You're going to need to be able to make the damage stick or make uh, that attack that uh, is absolutely critical be able to hit with additional tactics tokens. And they're just not, there's just never enough of, enough of them. So it's, a, it's the key resource that I want you to be thinking about uh, as you read through the re as you read through the rule book uh, over this downtime. Additionally, let's talk about some of the other tokens. Let's talk about inspiration tokens. So inspiration tokens are a key part of the game. Uh, they're going to be utilized in duels uh, themselves. What does an inspiration token do? Uh, well, what an inspiration token does is it adds plus two acting value to uh, the current flip to the to the current action uh, that you are taking. So when you are when you are instigating an action, you're going to modify first. Part of that modify step is whether you're going to spend an inspiration token or not. Uh, inspiration tokens also have the added benefit of being the antimatter for shaken tokens. Shaken tokens and inspired tokens cannot exist on the same unit at the same time. Uh, if they do, they are they cancel each other out uh, on a one-to-one -one basis. So if you have two inspired tokens on a unit and an attack action that uh, was done to that unit has a stipulation that it gives them a shaken token, in that instance, you would reduce the number of inspired tokens from two down to one because they would have gained a shaken token and because there's an inspired token present, those things would cancel each other out and you'd be left with the one remaining inspired token because it started with two. So two inspired tokens minus one shaken token equals one inspired token. So you can spend them on one at a rate of once per duel uh, that you are doing in, in, during your modify step. So, and you can you can wait to spend them until you flipped your tactics token uh, and even cheated to to set the number as the as the aggressor. So, plus two is a very big deal in this particular game. And I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here and talk about. Uh, the weird base system of card games and kind of how there's how the stats work in the other side and how the card flipping in general works in terms of card plus stat and other games that have utilized card plus stat such as Malifaux. So in Malifaux itself, for those that are very familiar, I don't know how much you've paid attention to how often um, you're beating your opponent. Uh, in terms of the total of the duel and what the margin of that total is. Margins are very important in the other side uh, where they weren't so important in 
uh, Malifaux. Malifaux was really about uh, seeing if you could win the duel um, by five or more, or by win the duel by six or more, in order to negate um, the natural negative on your on the damage flip. Well, most of the stats, if you actually looked at them, uh, most of the stats are between uh, a one a zero to three difference. So most of the stats, you're either going to be better than your opponent by one or two, equal to your opponent, or you're going to be worse than your opponent by one or two. On the top end of it, you're going to be worse than your opponent by three on most of the relevant stats that you're utilizing for uh, attack and defense. So with that in mind... Plus two becomes a really big deal when we look at the universal margin trigger uh, powerful, powerful shot. So that is universally, if you can get to a difference of just five between you and your opponent, you add plus one to the strength of your attack. That is huge. So when we start looking at statistical differences... Uh, if I am attacking with a 6 into a defense 5 unit, I'm at a plus 1 already. I'm at, at my base margin. If we assume that our card flips are going to be equivalent, I'm at a plus 1 to begin to begin with. So now any variation up or down is going to be partially within my favor, uh, particularly if... You know, they they lose that duel by tool. They're really losing it by three. And if I have an inspired token available to me, I can make that five. I then force the math on my opponent to go, you're going to be taking a plus one strength shot if you allow this to stay as it is. So that is, is a huge difference uh, in the other side compared to Malifaux because you have the ability to manipulate uh, the you manipulate your attack stat essentially by plus two uh, if you have inspired token available to you um, additionally let's talk about the other side of the house with the shaken token now the shaken token is a little bit different uh, of a token it is a minus two to the acting value of a unit that has it and you spend that during your modify flip on your opponent um, so you as, the, you as the, the initiator don't get to spend that on yourself if there's one on you. Your opponent will get to do that during their modify step. But if your opponent that you're targeting has one on the fire team, has one on the unit of the fire team that you're targeting, you can then spend that to put them at minus two. So again, same, same kind of deal. You're attacking them. You may have an advantage on the attack already in terms of your stat. And then you can put them at a further negative two to their base stat by spending that shaken token. And again, shaken tokens and inspired tokens cannot exist on the same unit at the same time. They, the two cancel each other out. So shaken tokens are extremely devastating to, to the opponent because they never really know when you're going to use them against them. Uh, and because they can't actively use them themselves outside of a couple of very select units that can do that if they take an adjunct upgrade. So it's really something that you have to consider and think about in the other side as a whole 
and kind of the whole balancing of the mechanics. But I, I can't stress the importance of uh, inspired tokens and shaken tokens in terms of what they do to the math of the game. That minus two and plus two is huge. Uh, if you come from other games, if you're coming to this game from particularly War Machine and Hordes, uh, which again is based off of a two-die bell curve system, uh, and the way that they empower units and they differentiate units and, and, and so forth, is uh, they will have spells and abilities that manipulate uh, the stat curve, essentially. And the, and the way they do that is by adding uh, plus two or plus three or minus twoing and minus threeing off of spells. And that is what uh, Inspired and Shaken tokens do for us on the other side. They provide that manipulation of the bell curve on the stat line, or the bell curve versus the stat line, in terms of plus two, minus two. And in some cases, if you have inspired on you and your opponent has a shaken on them you're manipulating that stat curve uh, by four you're, you're changing the difference the margin total uh, by four on your attack and that's virtually guaranteeing um, in in the in the case of that you're at plus one stat to begin with if you're flipping if you guys flip nothing but evenly if you both will both assume that you both flip a natural seven off the top of your deck if all you do is spend your inspired token and spend their shaken token, you are at a plus five margin based off of just the base flipping of equivalent um, cards on your side, on, e on each side. So that is absolutely huge uh, to think about and to kind of wrap your head around when you start thinking about how these systems interlock. Um, the, the token system in, in terms of the inspired and the shaken is really where I, I would suggest you spend a bit of time kind of going through the stats in your particular faction, see what kind of models uh, hand out shaken tokens if you have ones that do, uh, look at your offensive stat versus your defensive stat on units, look at uh, whether you're getting a, uh, an additional flip for being in terrain, uh, this is something that Gibbering Hordes has quite a bit of. That is a significant bonus uh, when you're talking about how how the mechanics of the game work from the, from the flip point and just how rare an additional flip is. I mean, that's the equivalent of that unit being able to spend a tactics token every single turn without having to have one uh, on those on those uh, that when they're in terrain. Uh, that's the Striped Skulkers. It's something to, to really think about. Um, but again, going back to tokens, as we as we got on our tangent, uh, there's the Inspired token, which is the plus two. There's the Shaken token, which is the minus two. And those two cancel each other out if they exist on this, if they are attempt to be put on the same um, model. They cannot exist at the same time on, I'm sorry, on a unit. They cannot exist on, the, on a unit at the same time. Uh, when these tokens are applied to unit, they are applied to the unit itself, but they are only used in one relevant duel. So that plus two that you're spending on your fire team spends it for, you know, that that's your opportunity for the unit. You get you get a one-time use per token. So 
Again, something to keep in mind. You want to make sure that you're spending those as optimally as possible. So let's talk about the other side of the house. Uh, arguably my favorite system in uh, the entire game. And that is the reinforcement token. So reinforcements of this game are really where you get sort of the scale without having to have 40 models on the table for one squad. You get the same style of effect. You get the same attritional feel uh, without having to have a significant number of models on the table for a particular squad. And so the way reinforcement works is you have to have a resource. You have to have a reinforcement token. And so reinforcement tokens are granted in a number of ways. Um, it is something that should have been mentioned a little earlier. All of these token types, with the exception of tactics tokens, so the four that I'm talking about are Inspired, Shaken, Reinforcement, and Pinned, you can give yourself with the Focused Effort order. So your, your unit can basically say it's not going to move, it is going to focus and give itself a token type. So it can give itself an Inspiration, it can give itself a Shaken, it can give itself a Reinforcement, or it can give itself a Pinned. So reinforcement tokens can exist on a, on a, on a unit. Uh, they can exist with either a Shaken or an Inspired token. They, however, cannot exist at the same time on a unit as a pin token. So pinning removes your ability to have reinforcement tokens. And because the reinforcement rule requires that you have a reinforcement token to spend in order to reinforce, means if your unit is pinned, very thematically, it cannot reinforce. It is it is being held down by enemy fire uh, and is not in an advent, advantageous situation uh, to be able to replenish that particular unit. So the way a reinforcement token works uh, in its base mode is it will allow units with more than one model on a fire team and more than one fire team uh, to replenish themselves at basically a rate of two models for your one tactics token that you get to spend when you reinforce. In the beginning of every turn, there's an opportunity to reinforce. There are also some abilities in game, some actions in game, where you can make uh, a unit reinforce. And those are on various upgrades, on various commanders, uh, and more things still to come within the game. So when we do it at a very base level, we look at how, do the, how does the reinforcement work? Well, if we have a, a fire team that has lost models, we will replenish those models with a reinforcement token, which we get to spend one of. We get to return two models to that fire team. So if we're in a situation where it's dire straits, I am down to my last fire team of Crow Runners with my last man standing on it. It will, it will replenish two models, and I will have a full fire team. So let's say that the enemy ignores it this following turn. I get another reinforcement token on it. It's the beginning of the next turn, and I have a full fire team, but I don't have a full squad yet. Well, what happens in that instance, I've replenished two models again. So I get a new fire team base for my squad, up to the legal limit of fire teams in that squad. I get to place two models upon it, 
So now I have a full fire team and a second fire team with two models on it. So let's say, again, my opponent completely ignores this unit. So we I have to get another reinforcement token on it. Beginning of the following turn, turn three, I'm able to spend my reinforcement token. I get two models. So the first model goes on the fire team that has one model missing. So I have two full fire teams, and then I generate my third legal fire team for my crow runners. I put a guy on there, so now I have two full fire teams of three man and one fire team of one man. And then go to turn four. I get a reinforcement token on it again. Somehow, some way, my opponent has completely ignored this unit of crow runners. Uh, they've not done any damage to them whatsoever. And I have one more. Re I put one more reinforcement token on them. So the beginning of the turn, they spend it. They put two on that last fire team, and I'm back to a full a full squad. So that is how um, the reinforcement tokens work. Now, reinforcement tokens again cannot exist at the same time on a unit as a pin token, and they again negate each other on a one-to-one -one ratio. So if I have one reinforcement token on a unit and an attack you do gives me a pin token. Instead of gaining that pin token, I remove my reinforcement token. And again, that's on a one-to-one -one basis. So if I had two reinforcement tokens on that unit, and you give me one pin token, two reinforcement tokens minus one pin token equals one reinforcement token. So that is how you get the grandiose and scale without having to have a lot of models, is that you're going to replenish and replace models and fire team models on fire teams and replace fire teams with additional models as you reinforce now there's some really cool rules some units get uh, what's called a reserve rule and then what the reserve rule is is the reserve number on their card is what's granted to you in terms of models in addition to the base two that come from a reinforcement token so if you have reserve three your reinforcement token, instead of just giving you back two guys, gives you back two guys plus your reserve total, which is three. So you get back five guys for every every time you reinforce that unit with a reinforcement token. Uh, or when you spend that reinforcement token to reinforce. The other cool thing that reinforcement tokens can do on units with um, on units with assets is during that unit's activation, they can spend them to flip that asset back from damaged. And they can spend that on a one-to-one -one rate uh, to flip. So if you had a reinforcement token on a Titan, it's not useless. That reinforcement token can be used to repair uh, a gun on that, uh, on that Titan. Or on your commander, they can spend it to fix potentially their broken soulstone necklace so there are a lot of ways to keep units in the game if they can get to if they can get their reinforcement tokens on and if they can use them but remember the pesky pin token exists to remove the reinforcement token so let's talk about pin tokens what do pin tokens do pin tokens reduce the movement of a unit by minus two for every pin token on them. Uh, and the way that that works is they would have to declare a, declare a movement action. They would then minus two for every pin token on them. 
and they would spend those pin tokens to remove them, minusing their movement. So if you get six pin tokens on a single unit, they're at minus 12. So if they get a rush and they're speed seven, they get to move exactly two inches. They spend all their pin tokens, but they get to move exactly two inches. So pin tokens really can slow down your opponent. Um, additionally, it prevents their reinforcement because they can't gain reinforcement tokens while pin tokens are on there. They can just get rid of the pin tokens with the reinforcement token. So, and that's again on a one-to-one one ratio. So if you get a bunch of pin tokens on something, it's nearly impossible for that unit to be able to get the get the reinforcement token back on it to reinforce without having to spend time moving, getting out of the area. And again, that to me, that's super thematic that they're spending um, basically their action, their, their order to get out of the situation where they're pinned to then be able to, you know, start acting normally again. So... I think I think pin tokens are, are kind of a home run from from that mechanical standpoint. Additionally, they they just disrupt uh, reinforcement, so they are a way to make sure that killing does occur and stick in the game uh, if you have access to them. So it's it's something to re it's something to consider. But basically, when you're when you're looking at the game and you're tracking the game, it's very easy to see on the table. You're going to see if a unit has either an inspired token on it uh, or a reinforcement token or they're either going to and those are the those are the two type tokens that can exist at the same time together or uh, it will be an inspired token and a pin token uh, the other combinations that can exist are shaken token and reinforcement token and shaken token and pin token so you can see very quickly uh, and I would recommend uh, to either to both to actually do both I would both try and get tokens um, for yourself just little chits that are color-coded for something that you'll understand very easily um, what I've kind of used personally is blue for inspired uh, I have used a, a red or orange or yellow for shaken uh, I have used a white for pinned and I have used a green uh, for reinforcement. You can make them look however you want. Uh, just make sure that you let your opponent know what, what is what and which is which. But it can be very, very simple. Uh, you just want to make sure that you have something that's very easily easy to see visually uh, for both yourself and your opponent. Because that's, that's the statuses in the game. That's they act as uh, for those that are familiar with Malifaux, uh, they act as our conditions. If you're familiar with War Machine, they act as our spells. That's what happens is, you know, if your movement is slowed, guess what? That that ability is going to grant pin tokens to the unit that you're doing it to. Uh, if it's about making somebody better, uh, making them a better shot, that kind of thing, guess what? They're going to. It's probably going to grant an inspired token. If it's about making the opponent worse, it's probably going to give them a shaken token. Uh, if it's about healing, it's going to be dealing in reinforcement tokens. So if you can understand the tokens, you understand uh, a big portion of the game. 
and can kind of get an intuitive sense of how uh, abilities are going to be designed and, and kind of the strength of those particular abilities and what they set up uh, for you in combination. And so that's, that's kind of the part that I want to leave you with. Um, again, it's super simple uh, on the reference card that you can see in the, uh, in the rules pack that you've downloaded. In the rule pack, you can see exactly how the tokens all work. Uh, we've talked about them here, again, for the rundown. Inspired gives you plus two to acting value. Shaken gives you minus two to acting value um, when your opponent spends it on an action. Pin tokens, uh, minus two to your movement for each one. You spend them at, at a rate of, of minus two movement per one spent. And they uh, prevent you from gaining reinforcement tokens. Uh, reinforcement tokens um, can be spent during your activation to flip an asset that was damaged. Uh, and then when you get an opportunity to reinforce, you spend a reinforcement token. You have to spend a reinforcement token in order to, in order to reinforce. And you get two models back for that, uh, plus any reserves that your particular unit has. And reserves are a special rule on a unit card. So there's more to talk about as we move forward with the game. Uh, we are still waiting for everything to come to us. We have finally gotten the rules. So I hope you're enjoying reading through them. Uh, again, if you have any questions, please uh, check us out on the uh, the other place uh, Facebook group. Uh, that, is our, that is our location. Additionally, we have an awesome Discord uh, where we are constantly talking about tactics and strategy uh, for the other side game. Uh, so the link on there is, is on the, the Facebook site. So definitely check that out. And again, you can always look look for your other side stuff with me on social media uh, at Cheated Fates Joe. Looking forward to talking about playing this game. Um, there will be a dedicated YouTube channel. Uh, my YouTube channel will be uh, producing Battle Reports content. I have gotten uh, cameras. I've got lighting. Uh, and I'm working with uh, a couple of local guys to help get our sound equipment to where it needs to be for actual on-site recording. So I am super excited for that. Um, so again, if you have a tactics token, you can make a coordinated strike.